What's up, fam? And hey, you already know what time it is, baby. It's time to get into today's closing bell with Craig as I bring in the mic just a little bit closer. Good, good. I hope you can hear me just fine. So, man, what a crazy day that we are dealing with today. Another basically flat day in the market, and that leads to us to believe that more and more days are going by where the Santa Claus rally is not pushing forward the way that we would like to have seen it. And it may just be to the fact of what's going on with Omicron in the overall perspective that we've dealt with for the last two weeks, essentially ever since Thanksgiving. So basically over the last month, essentially as well. But we're going to go through a couple things today. We're basically going to go through the headlines, talk about some of those things. We're basically going to look at some of the technicals that's been going on with a lot of the stocks that you're involved in. And then also go through and talk about some of your goals that you're setting up for 2022 as tomorrow's session is the last session of 2021 that we're going to actually be able to invest in. And we I've got a lot of data that I've seen that came in ever since Thanksgiving and what I've seen since December. So to me, these last two months have been very rewarding to understand a lot of the ways that the market sentiment is moving, giving us direction that's heading towards January. So a lot of things bounced back today, but a lot of things laid flat and dormant on the day as well. So we'll get into a lot of those things today, but let's go ahead and let's check out what's going on with the indices right now, okay? You'll see that the indices are getting ready to close out, basically essentially flat on the day, where they're basically, you got the Dow Jones up 0 0.06, you got the S&P up 0 0.09, well down, I'm sorry, both of those are down 0 0.06 and down 0 0.09. And then you have the NASDAQ that's up 0 0.05 currently at this point in time, with the Russell 2000 leading the way, actually up almost a half a percent on the day, which that means small caps actually kind of rebounded a little bit today. And that shows in the likes of Uber, likes of Lemonade, things of these nature or things of companies that's really moving at this point in time. And that's important for the market because a lot of the small caps need to have value given back to it and restored. And that's positive news. OK, so as we get into today's um, session on the closing bell with Craig, definitely go ahead and throw your tickers in there if you want technical analysis broken down on your stocks that you're looking at and we're going to go through those essentially like we do every day and break that down here for you as well so go ahead and start loading those up into the chat all right let's just talk about some of these things that i want to talk about real quick as we start to get into the mode of what's getting ready to happen the closing bell we're about 13 minutes away from the closing bell so let's start with why are stocks basically essentially flat on the day and basically, this goes back to what we talked about yesterday's uh, video, and we'll keep on the, the we want to keep the the statements that we're saying very consistent until things change and show us a different path that we need to go and pay attention to. Essentially, there's no volume in the market. We've seen time and time again, if you're going through the indices, that you will see that there's really no volume nowhere in the market to where you can actually take advantage of this and actually see what's really going on with it. So let's head on over to actually Weeble at this point in time as I bring that up. You'll see that what we're going to look at is it's just going to show you that really and truly the volume has been shrinking and really, that means that it's not a lot of buyers in the market. Really means there's not a lot of sellers in the market as well either. So it's kind of giving you a mixed bag of a situation to understand what is going on at this point in time. Definitely, we're going to go through and look at the SPY. 
We're definitely going to go and look through at the, at the Dow. We're definitely going to look at the NASDAQ as well, because I want to show you these. And we may even take a look at the triple Qs as well while we're here. So that way that you could actually see what's really going on with these indices. So let's start with, um, let's see here. Okay, Weeble wants to update. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let Weeble update first. Why it does that, I just head over to TradingView, and we won't worry about using that one real quick. We'll just go over to TradingView, and we'll use it over there. So let's go ahead and actually get this up. Let's look at the NQ first. We'll look at what's going on with the futures over there. So we'll check that out. Uh, let's see. Uh, maybe we should just do it. Yeah, let's do that. We'll go over to the NASDAQ, and we'll check that out. Okay, so... I'm going to bring that up here in one second, and you'll see that basically, essentially, the volume on the NASDAQ, right, is looking like very low and very, very low, okay? So look at the volume here. You see the key stats here over to the side. You have 242,000 shares trading today on average that we've seen in the last 10 months. It's about over a half of a million shares trading consistently throughout the time. And that is something to pay attention to, right? So then if we head over to the DIA, the Dow Jones, you'll see as well, volume on the Dow Jones is showing about 2.4 million shares traded today. And you have a volume about almost half of five, almost 5 million shares traded over the last 10, 10 months on average. And once again, if we go over to the SPY, you'll see SPY looking like 37 million shares trading today, but obviously you see we have about 73 million shares trading consistently over time, okay? So this is the message that I want to keep on sending to you that do not be discouraged by any position that you are holding unless it expires tomorrow. If you're in a weekly contract for this week, then yeah, a pause on what you're actually doing may be something of a concern. Now, if you have something that goes out into January, you really still don't have a concern really and truly right now at this point in time, though, either, especially if you have the monthly contracts that end January 21st of 2022. Now, the reason why I say that is because that is a monthly contract. A lot of buyers are most likely in those contracts and the market is already within that period of time where these contracts really count. Now, they're in the money. The theta decay does not really matter at this point in time. They're already in the money. But if they're out of the money, that is something to actually pay attention to and be a little worried about. But the market sentiment is just not there just yet. So how do you play moves like this at that point in time? To me, if you have a weekly contract that expires this week, definitely tomorrow's your last day. Definitely try to be out of that position more than likely by the afternoon session. OK, when lunchtime arrives, if that move has not made itself apparent just yet i don't think that you're going to see it at the end of the day i think people are going to take off early and people are not going to be trading consistently throughout the day and it may be a little erratic trading and that's going to put you in a situation where you may not be able to become profitable okay now let's talk about this from a different stance the next stance that i look at is that this going after 21 january you have enough time on these contracts that it can play out to your favor and you can give yourself time to see how the market is going to recuperate and come forward following week on january 3rd now one of the things that i'm i'm trying i'm very interested in seeing is that the, is the market really going to go full throttle on january 3rd or is it going to take some time to ramp back up to the levels that we have been at now one of the good things that i see out of all of this is that s p 500 has been consistently moving it really broke territory of resistance that was really having a problem with and kind of sets the stage and the floor for the s p to run 
all the way up January into the mid-month cycle, okay? So to me, you have a little bit more time to actually get your paces together to see how some of these big caps are actually going to run or are they going to falter. And this is the kind of time where you want to kind of be looking at the seasonality charts, understanding what those look like, getting into the mode of those and understanding them from a whole perspective of what stocks that you should be actually getting ready to pay attention to. Now, later on this evening, I'm going to have a video that's going to come out that's going to discuss my plan for 2022. OK, and we're going to go through those things. And I'm actually going to break that down for you on how I see some of this stuff playing out as we're now going to navigate and transition to being profitable all the way through 2022 on the overall spectrum of our portfolio. OK, so. That's what I want you to pay attention to. I really want you to start coming up with a game plan. Kind of come check out my video that I'm going to release tonight because I'm going to devise that plan and show you exactly what I'm thinking in my mind and negotiate that with you and put it out in transparency so that you can actually see how I plan on this being a motivating year for everyone. 2022, we got one more trading day in 2021, and I want to make the best of 2022 going forward by being in plant proper preparation for a better planning, okay? That comes all together from always going to the preparation, to planning, and to executing. And that's what we're going to do because the model over here is if you stay ready, you never have to get ready. And that's what we're going to do in 2022. Okay, so I'm starting to see tickers are coming in. Keep those tickers coming in. I'm going to get to them, I promise. Just go ahead and keep on loading them in as you need to. And definitely as you come in, definitely go ahead and hit like on this video if you have not just yet. All right, so let's keep this thing moving. Let's go ahead and actually pull up again what's going on with CNBC. Let's see what they're talking about. They're talking about cannabis stock rally. So let's listen in for a second on that as we get ready for the closing bell. Turnaround for cannabis stocks that have fallen very hard this year. The MJ ETF, 67% off its year high. The U.S. only cannabis ETF, the MSOS, 54% off. Federal legalization still remains pretty unclear, but Stiefel says they actually see a good chance for the Safe Banking Act to pass this year. Well, back over to you. Frank, thanks so much for that one. Uh, JetBlue under pressure this week as it continues to cancel flights. Now more than 1,000 uh, through to mid-January, anticipating a tight workforce amid the rapid spread of Omicron. JetBlue CEO Robin Hayes joined us earlier this hour to discuss whether he thinks the CDC cutting quarantine from 10 days to five will help with JetBlue's cancellations. I think it's definitely going to it's definitely going to help. Um, you know, a lot of our crew members, uh, once they've uh, had COVID, they do want to come back, um, but they sort of been unable to 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 do so. Um, you know, but the size of the problem really is just the number of people uh, contracting it. We are still in a very steep increase here in the northeast. Seventy five percent of our crew members are based in the uh, uh, northeast, and in some areas, in some departments, uh, we're seeing between two to three hundred percent increases. Uh, in people calling out to what we would normally expect. So it's a very big number. Mike, this sector is up uh, this month. I mean, it feels like uh, if it's indicative of the rest of the market that even though we're getting these big cancellations and it pulls back a bit intraday off, okay. off, off that we'll news. That that, uh, for just to be in the background for a second, we got about four minutes left. Uh, before actually uh, getting into the close. So tomorrow's New Year's Eve, right? So go ahead and put in chat, what is some of your New Year's resolutions that you are making for yourself when it comes to investing in 2022? I want to see what some of y'all are thinking, what's, uh, where some of your mind is at when it comes to actually investing. 
So um, I really want to know what you're actually planning to actually, you know, make a promise to yourself of how you're going to actually get better in investing or what's your goals or target goals resolution wise for investing in 2022. These are things that you need to come up with a plan and devise for yourself. So that way you have a target to stay on all of 2022 and you can always refer back to and say you know what i got more work to do or am i hitting my goals or i'm on pace to hit that goal or if i've exceeded that goal already what is the next step in my goal so i'm kind of interested definitely put in chat what is some of the things that y'all are considering actually doing in 2022 for the things that you promise yourself when it comes to investing okay so we're about three minutes away from actually getting into the actual closing bell and we'll take a walk around the market. We'll check it out. Uh, Weebles should be back up by now. Um, let's see if Weebles up so I can bring up the charts. Uh, let's see here. Okay. It's, it's still loading. It had to do an install. But now that we got the install done, let's see if we can take a look around here. We got a lot of flashes going on. So let's uh, switch over. We got two minutes. Let's look and see what's actually going on over on Weeble right now. Um, let's see what we got to the top side, to the well let's see i gotta flip it there you go all right still didn't flip okay here we go we got ocogene up for a 10 percent so up 10 percent two big days on those two companies pdd up 10 percent as well highly on see another update i just just update okay we'll do that one later okay so then we got charge point 8.7 percent beach body seven percent peloton seven percent JD 7%, DraftKings up 7% as well. GNOG 7% by BNTX 7%. You see that Context Logic is up 6% as well. This is what I was saying by the small caps. They had a run today, which is positive news for the market because a lot of the market seeing these have been beaten down so much that it was the due time for some of these stocks to actually recover a bit. Now, the volume is still kind of like not where you want it at but in these companies that's up all over 10 percent you're seeing them actually move at levels that we was not expecting which you got volume on neo at 133 percent i mean the 133 million shares of uh traded between uh neo today when the average volume has been about 43 million so that's three times the amount of volume that we normally see when it comes to neo then you see shift technologies is actually moving up 11 percent right now then we actually have, like I said, SoFi up having 40 million shares trading right now as well. And we'll continue this statement and concerns as we go into it a little bit here in a second. But let's listen in for the closing bell. It's 14. Naturally, we have some comp markets here, uh, but we've, you know, remain on alert for the fact that we, uh, you know, we did have a pretty good headline related 5% pullback just several weeks ago. And that's sort of uh, that the after echoes of that uh, are in the market as well, guys. Less than a minute to go here before the close, and we are looking at session lows. Modest declines, though, as Mike was saying, would be the first decline for the Dow in the past seven trading sessions. What's leading us lower right now? Well, Procter & Gamble is the biggest drag on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It's right down there with Microsoft, UNH, McDonald's, some of the winners today. Well, some of the losers on the year, like Disney, is adding the most to the Dow, along with Salesforce and J&J. S&P 500 looks set to decline about a third of 1%, pulling off of record highs. Real estate, the best performing group. Energy, the worst. It's at the bottom of the pack today with technology, and that's why the NASDAQ is down a little more than a tenth of 1%. Small cap and flat outperforming the group. Wilson. 
Welcome to Closing Bell, everyone. I'm Wilfred Frost, along with Sarah Eisen and Mike Santoli, CBC Senior Markets Commentator. Uh, coming up this hour, stealth tech plays for the new year. The head of the Jacob Internet Fund gives us the under-the-radar names he likes heading into 2022. Plus, could Tesla's big recall put the brakes on its massive rally? We'll talk about the potential impact and costs to the company. Well, Let's bring in Nadine Terman, CEO of Solstein Capital, uh, to join the conversation. I keep my eyes peeled uh, for that. Well, so let's uh, go ahead and check out the heat map uh, for the market for the day. So let's check that out. And you see that it is red galore, right? We have a lot of the big companies down today. You obviously see a lot of red on the map, barely any green anywhere. Like you had Target had a big run today. Target was up over, let's see, they had they was at 1.7% today, which is $4 on the day, which is a big move for Target uh, when it comes to the option chain. When you see Disney, Disney was up as well, a dollar today as well, over half a percent. You'll see Applied America, oh, this is American Tire Corporation, not AMAP, sorry, $2.26 up almost 1% on the day. You see Google's pretty much was flat. Then you have Apple down 0.66%, NVIDIA down one38 you got all the electric electronic technology pretty much red on the day. You had some outliers like Garmin is actually up half a percent on the day. You'll see here as well, Enphase actually finished up by half a percent as well, which you're getting Enphase is on a discount right now. Imagine that when you actually let's look at this chart on Enphase. Enphase is on discount right now. If you actually take a look at this, let's head out to the monthly chart. So you see Enphase on the monthly chart, what you will see is that it's actually in a downtrend currently at this point in time and actually making its way down even further. But if you look at it on the quarterly schedule, you'll see that it's still it's coming off its highs. So what I want you to do is now look at it on the weekly, okay? We see it on the weekly. You're now seeing in phases at this level here. In phase hasn't been back to this level ever since earlier this year in February, okay? And it is down, it discounted itself even more. So it, this to me may be where pricing is maybe justified at own in phase and it may not slip no further than this so this is something to watch if you're looking for a, a play to look at in the energy sector one of the watch is in phase in my opinion okay so you had a gap here that actually filled obviously so that gap is now filled so we don't have to pay attention to that and that's what it came down to it filled the gap and it looked like it's going to reverse back up off that gap and use that as support as it moves forward just something to pay attention to as well so um Let's see what we got here. So, okay, let's keep this thing moving though. Now let's get into some of the tickers that you really have, right? We're gonna do that right now as we take our final look at over what's going on with um with basically what's going on with the indices. You see the Dow Jones finished down a quarter of a percent, SP slipped a third of a percent. And the Nasdaq finished down about a, a quarter of a, about almost a quarter of a percent too, down 0.16. And then you see the Russell 2000 actually finished up a quarter of a percent. And we got the VIX actually moved up 5.58 points on the day by 3%, which is not bad, right? We're still below our target of 20, well, 20 points. We never want to be more than 20 points. And being between 16 and 20 is reasonable. Definitely would like to see it get back down to 15. But being down still at this level of 17 and a half is not bad at all okay so let's get into some of your tickers here let's see hey what's going on winston photography i'm glad to see you here again today uh let's see here 
Hey, Nug, I have not yet done anything with the challenges just yet. Some of those things are going to come very, very soon. And that's why y'all got to stay tuned, okay? They're going to come very, very soon. All right, so then let's see. Yes, we can take a look at U-Haul as well. We will check those out, but let's get into Jets first, okay? We got Jets and then XLI and then Docu, okay? So let's look at some of those first and foremost out the gate. So let's first start with Jets, okay? see what we have on jets so we have not yet graphed jets just yet so let's look and see and that rhyme that wasn't even trying to so let's see what we have here let's go over to the monthly let's see what we have is down it's currently in a downtrend on the monthly okay so that's first and foremost then let's look and see what it is on the quarterly on the quarterly it's then a downtrend as well so for me this look like put city in a lot of ways for me okay so what I want to see first, though, is what you actually have for a trend. So let's see what we got. Mm. Okay, so this is our trend. It just bounced off that level, okay, which that makes it still one, kind of two, three, okay? So then in the overview, you have a downtrend here where basically it's been going down. It basically gapped down here as well, too. So we'll look at that in a second and see what happened. Maybe we can find some news on it here as well. Okay, so we have basically like a wedge going on right now, if you take it from this level. But most people would take it from this level because what I like for the do, you got to kind of remember it's from the psychology of the whole market. What is the whole market seeing when you're doing your technical analysis? Okay, that makes it more reasonable if you can be somewhat in the same ballpark as everybody else as they're looking at the same chart that you're looking at okay so let's just head down here okay and okay so they're talking about the cruise lines this is what i wanted to listen into as well we'll come back here in one second finish up jets well it's very unfortunate right now that we're um the timing is with what's called the wave season which is the heavy booking season especially for uh cruises for next summer in alaska and the excuse me, alaska and the mediterranean um, you know, certainly increases the risk that bookings are going to potentially be soft for next summer. And certainly investors are have been really hoping that next summer would be um, really the return to normalcy. So heightened risk that, uh, you know, bookings for next summer may suffer. Do, are you getting that from any channel checks? It's too short-term notice to, to, to start to get a feel for it. I mean, I feel like the biggest challenges people have come through, and it, it would take quite a big return uh to to major infections on board to, to change sentiment again yeah i have not been hearing that specifically for next summer um i have been hearing though certainly weakness for uh the winter season and that really unfortunately kicked off the day after thanksgiving with the uh, omicron announcement so um weak, weakness uh you know in for bookings for the next for travel for the next uh, three to six months Arnold Donald, the CEO of Carnival, was on with us last week, Patrick. He was so optimistic, despite some near-term cancellations around Omicron, saying he expects to be back to full capacity by, I think, June of next year. Is that going to happen? Oh, I, I mean, I think the capacity to be back. I don't I don't really think that's the issue. It's, you have all the ships sailing. It's just how many people are going to be going on them and at what price. That's, you know... <laughs> That means, you know, there's a lot, lot, lot of uh, berths or bedrooms to fill. 
Uh, hopefully, we'll get the passengers at the at the right price. But all this negative news headlines and today's CBC, you know, that 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 it doesn't help with the booking. Put it that way. Is this group all going to trade as one uh, again for another year as headlines and news flow comes out, or, or do you have a clear preference between them? Um, I think they've been historically trading pretty uh, pretty closely to each other. You know, I don't have any buy ratings on them, but if I were to have one, it would be Norwegian. Um, certainly, uh, excuse to an older clientele that is more certainly we know statistically more likely to be vaccinated or triple vaccinated. Uh, some of their luxury ships are going to be much smaller. People like that and um, tend to be, on average, a higher price point. And certainly that higher price point mm. is doing well. So picking one, um, if I had to pick, I do have a neutral rating on Norwegian, but I would pick it out of the three. Thank you. Well, why don't you have a buy rating on any of them, Patrick? Isn't there a big recovery play on the other side of Omicron? Um, I just thought things that got a little bit ahead of themselves uh, too quickly. And yes, there is a big recovery, but unfortunately, as we're seeing, as we see today, everything kind of just keeps getting pushed out. And it's not, you know, I, I, I worry that it's it's not a straight line recovery. Certainly had uh, a lot of optimism, a lot of very bullish analysts and investors going back to last summer where, hey, that we're all in the clear, everything's great. Well, you know, we see with Omicron, it, it's not. And, you know, maybe we shouldn't be attaching you know, peak peak valuation multiples to next year's earnings, given given that risk. Um, and you know, certainly in my uh, price targets, that's not something I'm doing. Um, okay, you know. let's pull off of that because I got jets ready as we do this. Um, I will say though, uh, one second. I will say that basically, I was just in Florida like for the last four days, like before yesterday. Um, yesterday was my first day back on vacation, and it was jam packed at Universal Studios. And people was basically not happy to wear a mask, even though Universal Studio had a mandate for wearing masks indoors, in, indoors inside the rides and indoors um, any store. Right. But anything outside, you didn't have to wear your mask. But people was pretty perturbed about wearing those masks and really didn't want to wear those masks. And it's not very surprising that a lot of people uh, in Florida now have a record number of uh of cases so that's just really not surprising to me to hear anything that you know people have a, a, a take on when it comes to um what the cdc says and what's really going on with the cruise lines and things of that nature and we'll get into the cruise lines here in a second i got more information on that that i want to you know get into but let's look at our uh, jets okay so jets tiffany says she had um uh, just for those who are not who are looking at this right now they have uh a december 31st 2086 put okay so let's look at that so what i want you to see here is basically we're in this downtrend so basically what i did was i came out i drew out what actually looks to be a a, a, a descending wedge where basically price is getting lower okay and and it's basically coming to a, a, a confirmation here you're getting higher you're getting lower highs and you're getting higher lows okay so we're on a wedge but what I also did was I went in and I basically just made another um, downtrend angle, right? To kind of see if it, if this pattern has broken out. Now, what I did find down here as well on the daily is there is a, an abundant W pattern that played out. It was a double, it's essentially it was a double bottom. It Maybe it wicked out a little bit more than it possibly should have, but it did wick out the, to the right side. So if we go with uh, the EMAs, right, my EMA 
here should be the red one. Uh, let's make sure the 200 is the red one. Be sure here. So style is the red one. Okay, so the red one is the 200 EMA. So that's one of the main things that we need to see about anything dealing with a W pattern or a double bottom pattern is what they like. People like to call it um, is that basically if it's below the 200, this makes it a, a solid reversal that should happen. Okay. And that reversal did happen. So we missed the move from this bounce off here. And one of the things about this W pattern was it did not finish the leg out. Right. It stopped here. Right. So the gap has been filled with all this movement, but then it stopped here. And now my, my thought process was, okay, well, if that's the case, well, this should be a level of support in which it is, right? So I marked this as a horizontal line and made this a support line now, right? Or support and resistance because it's right below it right now. So for me to answer this question about the $20 put, to me, looking at the stochastics, momentum and price is pointing down, right? And if you're playing this from an overall trend, the overall trend is actually going in the direction of actually being a play where it needs to break this trend. So for me, what I would look for, if I was actually in this play for a put, I would be in the put, but my support level, where I would actually come out of this play, heading back down to the daily, would be 2160, right? 21, no, no, that's 2170 would be my support for actually coming out of this play, right? So if it was to break 2170 to the upside, right? Over the other side of that trend line, I would be on the down on the downward trend line. I would be ready to exit this play, right? But it could continue to go down because you see it's a lot of things that's telling you that it could go down still. And that's something to pay attention to as you go forward on this play. I think it's got promise, um, but you're riding this very tight support line right now. And with the volume being the way that it is, it could continue to go down. Now, the travel sector together, if we go over to my travel list, right, you'll see that the airlines was up today. Cruise lines was down today. So that, you know, can make it a little weird here that they're all trading with sentiment. So to me, you may see a pop again tomorrow or this thing could reverse course and go down tomorrow. So you want to be very careful about the play. For me, pay attention to if it breaks this level of, of, of support resistance here. If it breaks it, then your level is 2170. If it breaks ahead of 2170 on support side, then it's time to exit that play, right? Try to keep the, the trend line and the support tight on this value right here, okay, for an uh, expiration that happens tomorrow. So, all right, then the next one is XLI, okay? So, let's look at XLI. So, let's check this out, okay? Wow, this is another play that I have not yet checked out. So, let's go up to the spiders. Uh, let's see, XLI, yep, okay. So, this is the industrial section, okay, of the spiders. So, let's go ahead and let's pull out to the monthly. Okay, we're looking like we're trying to get a recovery here on the monthly, which is, you know, great. We're, that's that's like it's an uptrend, which is good. So you've got this movement here on the monthly that shows that you've got some nice movement going up to the uptrend. Then let's look at on the weekly how that looks. So you're seeing this movement going up and it's actually breaking out. So that's really good here. And we're essentially almost to all-time highs. Uh, we're almost just right there. It's a little bit down, but we'll see 10809 well 107.65 is all time high so that's where we're at right now on uh, this play you have it for this January 21st $115 call on this play okay so let's look at that and see what we can actually take this off to okay so on the daily 
I see it's going up as well, which is positive. And let's look and see where um, the top is on the stochastics. The industrial section, um, something to pay attention to when you look at the industrial section is, you know, what are some of the top holdings here? And looking at some of those top holdings can give you a clear picture on exactly what you're looking for when it comes to this particular place. So let's see if we can find some of the in the um let's see boom 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 no no pip okay so let's go over to let's do this look at this watch this i'm gonna show you something let's see boop 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 i wanna go over to okay here we go This is ETFDB, right? What you do is you come over here and it gives you basically the profile of the ETF that you're looking at, okay? And this is the XLI, Industrial Select. Um, let's take that off the screen. Industrial Select Sector Spider Fund, right? Then you'll see holdings here, okay? Um, holdings is Union Pacific Corp, UPS, Honeywell, Raytheon, Boeing, Caliper, okay? G, 3M, Deer. Lockheed Morton, Martin, CSX, Norfolk Southern Corporation, ITW, ETN, and Waste Management, okay? So what you can do is that you can come over to this website and you can find the holders and the assets in any one of the ETFs that you want to look at. Now, when you're looking at this, what you want to take into account is the seasonality of some of these plays, okay? This is what I want to show you. So let's head over to the seasonality chart, which is on stock charts. You basically come here, you hit seasonality, and we're going to type in XLI, okay? XLI, 60% of the time goes up in January, okay? Over the last one, two, three, four, five, okay? Over the last five years, we've seen 60% of the time, XLI has gone up in January and February, okay? 60% of the time. So this is almost... Almost half, which is not a good number, right? You want to be very consistent because what you see in July, every July, 100% of the time, price has risen on XLI. So for me, just looking at this on a seasonality chart, I would be very careful about this level here, okay? So I would pay attention to this a little bit more, and I would be more comfortable actually investing in XLI and the companies in that holding in April, May timeframe, or even july time frame for sure right so like let's look at it like um let's look at ups right that was one of the holders in there right so let's look at ups and look at that in january and february ups typically only goes up 40 percent of the time but in march it goes up 100 percent of the time okay and then you see in august the month after the xli goes up 100 percent of the time in august ups in the last five years has gone up over the 100 percent of the time in those time frames okay so that's something to pay attention to as you go forward is by looking at seasonality understanding what the place that you're looking at is going to provide you with right so uh let's look at one more in the etfdb right we got uh union pacific it's the top holding so let's look at union pacific it wasn't it wasn't upn uh what was that again that was oh unp UNP. Okay, there we go. Union Pacific. So let's check that one out. And you see Union Pacific, 40% of the time it goes down in January or it goes up in January. And then 60% of the time in February it goes up. Its seasonality doesn't really show up until April, 
in September, November, December. So the move that you've already seen in XLI has already pretty much essentially happened based on seasonality charting, right? So what I would do if I was you is I would not be in a play that long, okay? $10 out of the money, it may be too far for it to go. Let's look at the average true range and see how it actually moves, okay? So the average true range, it actually moves about 50 on a on a daily. Let's go to the daily. It moves about $2.50 either way on the daily chart, okay? So you kind of can see a give or take $2.50 on average is the move that it actually can make. And you'll see today it actually finished down 0.38 points today. So to me, XLI, it's a, it's a hit or miss play because it's, like I said, 60% of the time it goes up in January. But then if you start looking at some of the companies of that holdings in the top 10, go through there and basically figure out if some of these companies even have a way of pushing that, that stock even up even higher, or is there a better play to actually be in besides being an XLI? So, um, yeah, and you basically right now, if we was looking at this for a, a double bottom, you, it basically it would, this was, should have been a double bottom here, right? And then it actually, like it finished it out. And remember what I say, that usually falls back down this way after it makes that move, right? It usually comes back at the curves up and that's on the gap as well. Right, so that gap just filled. So with that gap filling, you're going to see this more likely pull back to a level where it needs to go back to, just for retracement again. So it came here, filled the gap. Now that they filled that gap, it's going to actually probably retrace back down to that level and come back up afterwards. So you got to give yourself some time on that. Right now, I went enter this play because state of decay could probably be an issue or give you more time to show you a more bullish signal before you actually enter the play. If you wanted to enter this play, I would look at getting above 107, okay? 107 above that is the play that I would look for because then when it gets above that level of 107, then it lets you know it's trying to break out again to another all-time high, which would be bullish in my opinion. Being right now at this level, it could turn around and consolidate here for a while. And that's what you want to pay attention to because this level has now became a little bit prominent. If I go ahead and delete off the uh, dotted line for the gap, if you just look at here, this is a, a prominent level right now. It's holding this level very consistently. It has come here, tested, came here, tested, came here, tested, broke out, came back, retest, and it's retesting it again. So give it time to show you that it's ready to break out again. And that means going above 107. Okay. So then let's look at Docu. We got Docu up next. Okay. So DocuSign, okay, it's basically a gap play that we're watching right now. And I'm definitely in Docu and I have multiple contracts in Docu. And what we saw today was Docu actually got into the gap and then it came back and reversed out of the gap when the market moved down, which is not a bad sign. We just want to make sure when we actually get into this. One of the things about gap plays is that you want to wait till it gets in the gap first and start seeing its leg at its move. You can do it three ways. You can play it to the gap, in the gap, and out the gap, okay? And I got into this contract a little bit too early on my end, but at the same time, I bought time on the contract to give it a method of means to actually try to break through to the upside. So we'll see how this plays out for me over time and for anybody else that's in this play. Uh, Tiffany says she's in the play for a 210 call on January 21st, and you see that we have a big gap here. That gap actually goes back to, let's see, this gap is actually... A $39 gap, okay? So we got a $39 move that's still waiting to happen right here to get into this fulfillment of the gap. 
So for me, this is a big gap to pay attention to. And what I see right now is that it's trending up. It's making uh, higher lows, right? So you have a low here, low, higher low here, higher low here, right? It's making these moves up. So that's bullish to me that it's making that move, but we still got to get into the gap. And actually, I want to see it break this trend here, right, to the downside, okay? I actually had this as a downside trend, but you could turn it up as a horizontal trend too as well. And that'd be your resistance level right here because it peaked out here into the gap. And what you want to see is that it pushes out of this level. So what we'll do is that we'll turn that into a resistance line. Okay. So let's do that. Let's turn it into a resistance. Okay. So basically what we're looking for to see is it pushes through 163.72. Anyway, I'll tell you what, if it breaks through 163.72, I will be adding more contracts at the start making this move into the, uh, the move. Okay. So we'll see how that plays out over time as well i think it needs more time to get there and it may be one of those things where if it gets close enough into this gap and start pushing through this resistance that's the first sign to close the contract that you have and roll out to a further contract if you need to so that way you can still participate in the gap move okay but you got to give it time to actually get into the gap first and foremost all right so that is the first three tickers down Okay, and let's see what we got up next. What's up, Deshaun? I see you up in here with the Carnival Cruise Line put for 21 January. Okay, so interestingly enough, I actually got into a put on Carnival Cruise Line as well for 21 bucks. No, 20 bucks, right? I think I had 20 bucks put that I got on Carnival Cruise Line as well. Um, let's look at this here, and you'll see on the daily what we're looking at right now is essentially what happened with carnival cruise lines is that if we go over to cnbc they actually released the article today talking about how the cdc said people should avoid cruise travel altogether. okay so looking at this you will see u.s cdc says people should avoid cruise travel regardless of vaccination status right the center for disease control and prevention increases travel one for cruise ships to the highest level CDC warned that the risk of catching COVID on cruise ships is very high regardless of vaccination status. Agency is currently investigating or observing dozens of cruise ships that have had COVID outbreaks and cruise ships operating in U.S. waters reported about 5,000 cases to the CDC between December 15th and December 29th. OK, so what I took away from this was that this is something to pay attention to. And actually something that you can actually scap to the downside right now. Now, I got now let's look at this. What let's look at this, how this played out. Okay. So the time frame of this release was at um 1226. Okay. Folks, you have to be on your game on, on some of these stocks. Okay. And the reason why I say that. Because I'm about to show you something that you're gonna be like, you know what? That is bananas. Look at we're going to go down to the 15-minute chart on Carnival Cruise Lines, okay? So, like I told you, let's look at that again. You will see that this article was produced at 1226 Eastern Standard Time today, okay? Now, let's look at Carnival Cruise Lines. What you will see at Carnival Cruise Lines is at 12 o'clock, it was making a move 21-22. And then in the next 15 minutes, it started to descend. So this news started coming out. And hit the, it must have hit the Bloomberg terminal first because look at this institutional candle that came in immediately and dropped it all the way down to 2054. 
that is basically on this candle alone a, a, a two and a half percent move 51 cent point to the downside and then it went down even further another 19 cent taking it down to 20.33 so people got out of this play immediately right and my timing was like in the middle of this move it came down i thought it was going down further and then it turned around and consolidated so i say that to say this this move is amazing to me right because I would imagine that with this news, it would have sunk even further, but it really held value when volume was really should not have been a thing that kept this thing up. But look at the volume on the day as I move out of your way, right? You'll see volume came in just above what's the average volume over the last 10 months. So a lot of people came in and bought these shares to keep it up. Now, does that mean that the that the move is over for the put side? It does not mean that. What I'm saying to you, though, is I'm amazed about a move like this actually being halted, right, from going down even further. I thought this thing was going to be beaten down, and I was looking at the stochastics going the whole way. Like, on the daily, the stochastics was already pointing down, right? But then it went up. Like, it, it basically it started curving up, and then eventually it pointed back down. So I'm still bullish on the put side for this play okay because it's on a higher time frame showing that it's going down okay look at it on the four hours going down look at it on the two hour going down on the one hour going down and momentum is subsided that's what i was really surprised about because we started looking at this on the lower time frames and look at this 15 minute it's going up like people are buying shares on these lower time frames and that made me uh, take a little pause here like what in the world is going on only thing that I can figure is that it's on discount, right? So let's look at it and see if it's on discount. So I have the wedge here, right? Basically, we had this 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 uh, lower low uh, high thing trending, right? Then it didn't go where I wanted it to go. So we can delete that, okay? Because that was the bottom, and then it broke out above our overall trend that we initially started with during the pandemic, okay? Now it's trying to get back to this level that it needs to go back towards, and it came out of that gap. And it didn't even retrace back down to the gap. So I'm pretty sure people did not want to see it at this level, feel it go through that gap again. And that's what really made this move consistent to where it did not happen the way we thought it would happen. So let's delete this right here. And let's put a, a, a horizontal line there for support. And you'll see going back, looking at this level, we could buy this, you could buy this level at 20 July, and you could have bought this level back here at this point in time from November of 20 to February 2021. So this is pricing that people like buying Carnival Cruise Line at. So this institutional candle that came in and dropped pricing, right, shows you that a lot of people like buying it at this level and they're sustaining it at this level. So this gives me reason to believe that Carnival Cruise Line is going to have a hard time going below this level, but I think that it will, especially giving yourself the opportunity for a longer period of time for 21 January it gives you an opportunity to go for it, go down. I bought a call I'll put out to next week, thinking that it's going to be a short-term move. I was looking to get out of the play today, but it, like I said, who would have thought that the market would have came in and piled in to Carnival Cruise Line to keep it up? So we'll see how that plays out tomorrow, right? I expect lower volume. So with lower volume, I expect for it to actually give us an opportunity to see what's going on. Let's listen to uh, CNBC real quick about Texas stocks to watch for 2022. So the, the fundamentals have really moved alongside the share price until recently, in the last month, month and a half. Uh, the stocks come down considerably. Uh, you know, you're seeing pipeline growth over 50 percent here. 
Um, you're going to see end of the year budget flush from a lot of the pharma companies. We're expecting a very, very strong fourth quarter. So we're looking at this as being a pretty good opportunity. What about uh, Zillow, which has obviously had a tough time of late? So Zillow is a name that, that we've owned for years, uh, really backed off over the summer as some of the troubles started to emerge with their iBuying business. Uh, we were surprised, I think, as, long, as well as many others, that they decided to um, exit this business completely. Um, and then once that happened, uh, we re-engaged in the stock and made it one of our larger positions. Uh, because basically, Zillow today still has no peer. Uh, they dominate the online real estate market. They're the leading platform by far. Uh, two-thirds of all real estate transactions at some point touch Zillow. Um, and there is one uh, benefit to this. Uh, they may actually have a, a bit better relations with agents and brokerages now that they're not more directly competing with them. So we could see them coming out of this kind of transitionary period uh, even a bit stronger next year. Uh, let's go to Digital Turbine. <laughs> sure. So Digital Turbine uh, is an app install company. Uh, they've Basically, started with relationships with Verizon and AT&T, subsequent to that, T-Mobile, American Mobile, Telefonica, and then a big agreement with Samsung a few years back that's starting to really come to fruition. Um, on top of that, they've also made three acquisitions in the last year uh, that have really beefed up their revenue, uh, also given them uh, more of the economics, the complete economics. Uh, so to give a publisher a one-stop shop to basically advertise on non-Apple mobile devices, Digital Turbine has is, is really established themselves as, uh, you know, by far the largest player. So, um, you know, again, it's a name that's that's been weak over the last month, month and a half with a lot of growth names and uh, uh, looks pretty attractive here. The fundamentals have, have really just continued to improve all year. Broadening out, uh, Ryan, I wanted to ask you what you felt about the mega cap names and, and a simple way of putting it, do you think of big, the big four or five companies, whether this time next year their earnings multiple uh, will be higher or lower? I think it's a great question. Um, we feel strongly that those multiples will probably be lower. Um, when you're looking at the top layer of the market today in tech, so the Apples, the Microsofts, uh, they're trading probably around 20 times forward EBITDA. Now, in the interest rate environment we're in now, uh, you know, you can justify that. It's not really, uh, you know, what you would consider terribly expensive given the current uh, interest rate levels. However, as interest rates rise, uh, there is risks of those multiples contracting. And uh, so even though earnings will go up next year, if it's counterbalanced by multiple contraction, it really makes them less attractive. Uh, for our portfolios right now, uh, we actually have the smallest allocation to a large cap tech uh, than I can remember. It's probably less than 5% in, uh, in our funds. And, and what about the flows that you've been seeing? I mean, we talk a lot on, on, on this network about the ARC uh, set of funds and, and the way that they peaked much earlier in the year uh, in both share price terms and flows terms. Has that been similar for you? Uh, our flows have been um, you know, slightly negative, but I wouldn't say nearly as extreme as ARC or maybe some others. Um, you know, we're, we've benefited our, most of our funds, or actually all of our funds are still positive for the year. Um, so we've held up a lot better over the last two or three quarters, which have been, you know, much trickier than a very strong start to the year. So, um, and I think part of it's been our repositioning away from those names that really had kind of a sugar high uh, when we had COVID and lockdowns and work from home. Uh, again, Teldoc, like I mentioned earlier, was an example of a name that 
you know, we exited early in the year. And, uh, and there's some others too, and positioned into those names that not only maybe benefited from COVID, but could build on that success. And I think that's going to be the key in the next year as well. Ron Jacob, good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Thank he you. said some interesting things there. Uh, um, I like that uh, he basically talked about how certain tech stocks are going to be able to take off long as the interest rates stay as low as it is. And a lot of people are speculating that, you know, maybe the interest rates are not going to go up as suspected, right, as the tapering comes to an end because of how far back we are in backlog of building new homes. Because if the interest rates goes up, then real estate interest rates goes up. And if real estate interest rates goes up, that means no one's buying inventory. And if nobody's buying inventory, there's no more reason to buy more homes because those homes are not going to get sold. I don't know. I mean, there was a thing in 2008. Um, that happened like that as well. And then it was, well, as we came out of 2008, and then we had a, a period of time like that in 2018 to 2019, that that was a problem as well too. So with everything happening with the pandemic, a lot of people speculate that this may be a problem going forward and it may make the Fed tie their hands to not actually raise the interest rates. So we'll see. Um, but let's get down to um, a firm. We was on a firm next, okay? So let's check out a firm. Um, yeah, so got you here, Therese 105, and then a Neo $40 call. We're going to look at a firm first, okay? So let's check it out and see what we got, okay? So, what you'll see here is that I already I wanted to wait until we actually got through that whole uh CNBC special right there that we're just showing uh with that interview, but let's look at this right here first. First things first, what I want to show you is that this, folks, is what uh, a cup or saucer looks like okay you'll see this move here is a saucer okay you got the top of the saucer here got the uh the cup if you want to call it a cup a lot of people will say that this is the handle right but the like this turned into a handle right and this what makes it a cup and a handle okay and now we've broken out of the handle but this is on the daily chart so this is a big makeup of that position right here. And now we're seeing it actually break out of this level. So now how um, do we actually take advantage of this particular play? Okay. Now, if I'm correct, what I'm going to do is show you, because we're going to make sure that we do this together. Okay. Is that I want to pull up the textbook definition of a cup of handle. So we're going to look at that together real quick. Okay, so let's go over to the big book of chart patterns and let's type in cup and handle. Let's see what we got here. Uh, okay, so that is page seven. Boop, 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 boop. One second, folks. I got you. I promise. The boy is going to show you because I, I, I'm trying to give value where it needs to be given at, right? Like, just always telling you something, it kind of makes it, you know, one of those things that you can see it, but when you can get more power out of actually visualizing it, right? So let's see. So the target measured move is the price target is obtained by measuring the right lip to the bottom of the cup and then add it to the price level of the right lip. So right lip. Oh, they turned this back. Did they turn that backwards? It looked like they did. 
Is that inverted? No, that's not inverted. Okay, so left. This should have said left. Okay, so here we go. Look at this. Check this out. Okay, so this is a cup and handle, okay? Um, cup and handle. You got the, the power up trend, okay? And then basically you got the, 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 the top of the cup, and then you got the base of the cup, right? So what they are saying is that basically this should have been the previous uptrend, right? It's the measured move, okay? So what you will see, um, the duration of cup should last at least seven weeks of use in the daily chart, which that's what we have. So if we go back over, see that? It says the duration of the cup should last at least seven weeks if using a daily chart, okay? Just want to make sure you got that part right there. So then if we go back over, we're on the daily and this has exceeded that seven weeks. It's over the, since 10 February that this has built up, right? And basically this move here is the measure move, okay? This is basically what they're saying the measure move should have been from here to here, right? So we'll take that, we'll copy it, we'll paste it. And basically now this move for the breakout, I would expect to see happen is going to go back to 146.47 okay that's what i think when it comes to a firm now you're talking about a play that you are actually in that expires uh friday now i don't know if a firm would get another bullish day that it did today the market is so wishy-washy right now right i do not know how many people will show up tomorrow to actually buy stock I don't know how many people are going to show up tomorrow to actually sell stock with it being the last trading day of the year. This is going to be something that you're going to have to like tug a war with yourself on when to sell. Because if you see good volume in the morning, I would express to you to go ahead and sell it and close for profit. If you are thinking that it's not going to go the way that you want to, secure the bag of not losing too much capital by actually coming up with a support line, right? Right now, we're at 103.87. To me, the support line that you will want to use. It's 102.23 to make sure that you get out of the play without losing too much capital if it was to drop based on low volume and selling pressure coming in, okay? So be careful on the firm. I like it. I have a 150 call for February. Well, yeah, so 150 call for February. So I'm in this play for a while based on seeing what was happening with the cup and handle, okay? So for me, I want you to think about how to play this the way that best suits you tomorrow for expiration, okay? And to me, have a tight support line that tells you when to get out of the play if it breaks and give yourself the opportunity to watch it run. If it don't run, you got that tight support line if it drops below that to close out the contract for the maximize the capital that you have left in that play, okay? So that's a firm. Now let's look at NEO. It comes to NEO, okay? We're looking at NEO at this point in time. You'll see a downtrend on NEO as well. And I had this draft at least charted out since 1 July that this has been in a downtrend. And technically, it goes back even further than that, okay? You'll see that it actually goes back to December of last year that it's been in this downtrend, okay? It had its peak, and then it came down even further. And now you're seeing that it's basically at this – still continuing that downtrend and it just broke its uh its current downtrend that it's in on a lower level okay so if you go down to the one hour it broke out from here and what you're seeing right now is a move to the upside but i'm still i don't know what you're calling what was your call 40 dollar call oh no you're not getting 40 dollars on neo by tomorrow neo doesn't even move that much you saw it move four dollars today average true range on neo is about 
$2.50. So that was an abnormal day for Neo. Let me move out of the way so you can see that. You'll see to the right here, down on this red line, you see by the average move on Neo, it's about $2.50. So for me, no, I don't see that happening here. I would be ready to cut that now if I was you. I mean, you got a good move today. You may see some positive momentum tomorrow. But the thing is, if you look at this on the daily, you'll see that this was a W pattern that played out today um, as well. You'll see that you had it here, here, and then it broke out. And when it broke out, what it did was it actually gave you a level where this thing continued up. But now you got to see if it's actually going to give you the level of maybe 35, 68. Maybe it may not, it may, um, but I think that's uh, way more hoping than you should be looking for and be ready to close out this play if it does not go the way that you wanted to see it go. All right. So that is what I would be looking forward to if it happened with uh, Neo. Okay. So now let's head over to U-Haul, right? We got U-Haul up next. I don't know U-Haul symbol. So give me one second. Is it you haul? Okay, somebody give me the symbol for you haul. Anybody know it? Okay, you got to spell it right first, huh? You uh, haul. I don't see it. Is you haul a public traded company? Let's look and see. I got you. We'll fi we'll figure it out. Give me a second. If it's a public traded company, I'll find it. Oh, it is Americo. Okay, Americo. I didn't know that. Learned something new today. A-M-E-R-C-O. There you go. Yep, that is. Uh, let me make sure that's right. This look like it's right, though. Um, big investor in U-Haul parent, Americo buys more stuff. Got you. All right, so we got U-Haul up. Okay, so let's check it out. It's very expensive stock, $722. Didn't know that. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand some of you people, man. What is going on around here? Oh, man, that's crazy. Uh, one second. One second. I, I apologize. Give me one second. I got you. I'm coming. Got it. All right. So let's check this out. All right. So, um, yeah, we was on U-Haul. So let's check it out. U-Haul here. You have basically... Mm, monthly let's look at this on the monthly monthly is trying to recover um it is it wasn't a downtrend here uh let's see let's go to the three month well it's up in the quarter so that's bullish uh let's see so uh let's look and see 12 month that 12 month chart it's got to be away for me to add a time frame, right? Oh, month 12. Okay. 
let's see what I got here. So 12 months. And let's make that a favorite. So, oh, it's what is majorly up all-time highs in the last year, right? Um, this year has been a, a great month for U-Haul. Three months up, okay. Um, monthly is down right now. Okay, it's on um it's on a doji for the month. So that's something to pay attention to here, right? Can it actually make a breakout still from this level? Okay, even though it's at all-time highs. Um, we'll pull down here and check it out. I guess since the real estate market is doing so well, U-Haul would be doing well right about now, right? That would make sense. Um, basically, you got, wow, Stain has been on a tear. That is straight up. Okay, so, and that line is a little high. I would say that's probably, yeah, there. Okay, so let's go down to the daily. Let's check this out. That is crazy. This is a good move. Uh, let's see, last earnings. Oh, they crushed it. They beat by 6% on revenue and beat by 35% on earnings. Wow. And it's in a major uptrend. This is Let's see. Let, let's look back to the left here. Let's go to the weekly. Like looking at this move, like it only had a stagnant move from March 2015. It lay dormant for five years and then it woke up all of a sudden. What changed? It has to be the housing market. And then it had a stagnant move here from February to August. Okay, so let's look at seasonality on U-Haul. Really crazy that it had it only has 60% of the, well, I guess in the last, let's look at the graph because that may make more sense. Um, let's take out 17. Let's start from the back backlog. Okay. It made up 50. It made, it went up four, by from January to May, it went up 40%. Then it came back down in June to about 20%. It gave up half his gains. And if in June it ran over 65, almost 70%, 50% from June to November, right? And then you look at 2020, basically it bottomed out here and made a move again in June from being negative 10% down to finishing the year up 20%. So it recovered 30%. Then if you go back to 19, 19 at June, 30, that's 20%. So June is a positive time to be in U-Haul, right? I don't know if you want to get in just now at the beginning of the year, but I would be definitely keeping it on your radar for 
you know, uh, June period, because for some odd reason, this thing rips in June. And yeah, look at the chart. I mean, the chart tells you that this thing has consolidated for almost five years. Then after they consolidated, it just ripped and it has not looked back at all. And like going in and looking at the chart here, you'll see that this period of time shows that once it came down here and bounced off that uh, support in June, it took off. And that's what we just saw right on the graph, right? So I would pay attention to U-Haul like in June. Like getting in in January, it, I mean, it could make sense. Like let's look at a January time frame. So let's look at January here. So this is December. It bounced off December 20th. It made a move in March. It made a move from December to March, and then it bottomed back out. So let's go back one year and see how that plays out again. So you'll see, um, yeah, there's that consolidation period, right? It made that consolidation period. And then for some odd reason, when the market crashed uh, during the pandemic, it's like it's, it was like it was the best opportunity for U-Haul. And U-Haul has never been the same. So, but seasonality still matters here. I would be careful about a January play. If you was going to get in January, make sure you look into March, right? Give yourself enough time. But then after that March play, I would look to June for the next opportunity. So if I was looking to take and capture that move, I would be looking from June to actually November. Like I would get a, a call for November for a play based on what's going to happen in June. Because the last couple of years we have seen that June has been a big breakout month for U-Haul. So that's very interesting, though. Um, I keep this. We definitely need to put this on the radar. So let me just go ahead and add that to a watch list right now. Um, we'll put that in my sleepers for right now. OK, sleepers. Cool. All right. So U-Haul. Now let's get moving on and keep it cracking. Let's see what else we have here. OK, so Tiffany gave me her, what her resolution is. Let's see what her resolution is. Part of the plan for the new year is to only trade options on about three to five stocks mainly, unless I have great conviction on a different stock. I plan to make Tesla my number one to trade. I like this resolution, right? Um, that is part of what I've been talking to about with my family over in the Discord as well, right? Is that basically you don't necessarily need to trade so many tickers throughout the year. You want to chart a lot of tickers so you understand what's going on with them. But overall, what you really want to do is get intimately more accustomed to using one to three to five stocks that you understand. Whether it goes up, you understand how it moves when it goes up, how it consolidates or how it even moves down and what patterns that it usually reflect with. If you can understand patterns, because when you understand these things with those one to three tickers or even five tickers, it puts you in a situation where you could trade them all year long and it makes you more consistent in the gains that you make. And then, like she also pointed out, if there was something that popped up on the radar that you just knew without straight conviction that it was going to be a matter of something that was going to happen, whether it was going to be a call on the put side, then those where you actually just you take advantage of a quick scalp on a conviction play and then you bag out of that and go back to your regular normal deal of dealing with those one to three to five stocks. I think this is a great um, resolution for investing, especially in the option game. And some that you should actually think about when it comes to the investing game as well, when you're looking at buying shares of your favorite companies that you like, always think about them in that sense, because when you do, you have a better opportunity to bank 
better games. And that's what it's going to be all about is banking better games for not only my Discord fam, the YouTube fam. We're going to do it all. We're going to make money one way or the other. And it starts next week. And I'll get all your get all your problems out now. Get all those losses that you may have spent that you have been affecting you this year. Get them out. Understand them. And we're going to be documenting and journaling the way that we go over in my Discord. But we're going to talk about these things together so that way we can get better and bigger in investing daily each and every day. Okay. So I think it's a great plan. Shout out to you, Tiffany, for having a great plan that you're going to go with. Hey, Jashan, I appreciate you, man. Definitely make sure everybody like, share, and comment on this video because, man, this is how we get it out to every more, more people who enjoy type of content like this where we spend time together going through the charts, doing the technical analysis, breaking it down, understanding what people are looking at and where the market sentiment is at as well and sharing new ideas. I appreciate that. Hey, Winston Photography, I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, let's look at Pfizer. We got Pfizer uh, coming up here next. Pfizer is a $60 call for January 7th. So let's check out mm -hmm. Pfizer, okay? Um, oh, yeah, this is the thing about Walmart, too, that I was going to I was going to talk about. I saw uh, earlier. Let's see what they're talking about as I char chart this out. Well, and for consumers, they don't have to pay the delivery fees. So for them, it's more affordable as well. So really it, could show, Wilford, where, where this is all going. Is it a net growth area or, or just sort of substituting for either in-store or, or delivery uh, purchases? Not not sure exactly, but I, I think that they consider this part of I think they consider it a net growth area as far as digital delivery and, and where that's going. Mm -hmm. I think it also ups the pressure for anybody else in grocery to be able to offer this kind of solution. It also helps in the in the Walmart. It helps Walmart in the Walmart versus Amazon battle for online grocery delivery because Amazon only has what 500 or so Whole Foods stores in the hundreds. Walmart has more than 5,000 stores. So it gives them an edge mm -hmm. in that battle, Mike, as well, which we know has been brewing for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, especially in grocery, it makes a lot of sense. It sort of, you know, leverages the huge install base of Walmart. Like you said, one thing I always wondered about, though, is a lot of the premise of Walmart being big in grocery was to have people walking around the stores and buying things that didn't come there intending to buy. Uh, so much of merchandising throughout the years has been mostly about that, you know, getting products in people's way uh, and line of sight. You probably lose a little bit of that, but maybe that's not significant relative to, you know, being able to, to grab market share and do it in an efficient way without having Walmart's to become a big online player. And this is all about loyalty and, and yeah, building consumer mm -hmm. connections. And then and if they can do it online as well, then they are competing with Amazon, certainly on that front. It's a it's a bigger portion of the pie already, actually, in, in the UK and Europe, click and collect. But that's also partly because full full service e-commerce is a smaller part of the pie. Uh, but uh, interesting, interesting to see where it goes. In terms of uh, final thoughts, Mike, a minute left. Final trading day of the year. What a resoundingly positive year it's been. But, but I guess uh, the point I've been making a week, uh, the month of December, almost more impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we sprinted into the, you know, into this week uh, from that low in early December. All right. So let's head over here and talk about Pfizer here. Man, look what I have here. I have a flag bullish pennant. We're not pinning, I'm sorry, bullish flag, right? So we got the flagpole here. We got the flag waving here, right? And we got it to the top side here. So, and we're trading in this channel right now. So we're looking for a breakout to the upside. You say you got a $60 call. Well, I can tell you if volume comes back the way that we expect, let's see what the volume was. 
today. So if I move out the way for you, you can see, uh, I'll clear you off the screen right quick. Uh, you'll see that volume is at currently 24 million shares for the day, right? And usually we see Pfizer get about 51 million over the last 10 months. Now, if, if volume comes back the way that it should, what we can expect, right, is that this thing will move the way it is. So how do you measure this move if you are actually looking at this flag pennant, right? So the, the way that this actually says is that you take the flagpole, copy and paste it, right? And basically, whenever it breaks out, it's at the very top of this. So let's say it breaks out here. If it breaks out here. I wouldn't go for the 100% move, which is 67 bucks by January 6th, if it was to break out of this pattern here, because it can elongate. It could go a ways, right? But let's just say it broke out here eventually, right, at this level. Let's just give it a little insight here, right? If it broke out of this level there, 67.24, if it was to break out, I would go for about 50% of this move, which is about 62.90. I mean, the next field level that I have for a retrace is 65.08. So I would be happy with have this move at 62.90, if this flag pattern holds and it breaks out of this conventional play, uh, play here, right? So uh, for those who are wondering that one that back here, this is a, uh, a bullish flag pennant, a bullish pennant that I found as well. We saw how it played out. It broke out of that pennant and ran to the upside. So I feel confident in this flag as well. And this flag may be ready to break out here shortly. So I would be paying attention to that if I was you. If I was you, I would set an alert somewhere about 60 bucks. And see if you can run it up even higher than that. Um, you got an expiration of next week, so you do have time. And I think Pfizer will probably get the volume that it needs. Because if, if I see this, I will expect that a lot of the market sees the same play as well. And they're going to want to push this and get it out of the way and move on to another play as well and get that easy money. So good identification and hope that you make good money on that. All right. So that was Pfizer. So now we're on to can we mark up? Uh, in phase, please. Okay, let's do it. Winston, we'll check it out. We'll check it out. In phase, okay? So what you have here with in phase, okay, is looking at this play, like I talked about earlier, it, it looks like it's trying to break out of this downtrend that it's actually in. We'll see. It broke out, but it's still consolidating, so we have not yet seen a move to the upside. So I am not ready to say in phase is investable just yet. Um, but let's look at it uh, from overview macro perspective and see uh, what's the potential of the, of the play going forward. OK, so if you look at this on the weekly, you'll see that it's in a downtrend. Like I said, it broke out of there. We need to see if it's ready to move back up, start making a trend back up on the monthly. It's going down, down, down on the quarter. It was his best, one of his best months at, at earlier. But then since uh, everything happened with uh, the pandemic, and even with the infrastructure bill, this has pulled back. So for me, I will be watching this more so than doing anything else, right? If you want to invest in this, like shares-wise, this is a good time to buy, right? Because if you're looking at um, levels, okay? If we're looking at levels, check this level out here. You see this level here. Okay, that's one. If we check another level, you'll see, oh, two. Okay, and then if you check another level, you'll see this is the third time since in phase inception that we've been at this level, and it it broke down even lower the first time, right? And then it broke down again even lower. So I'll be prepared to see if it's going to break down even lower 
to this trend line again, right? Each time that we've been at this level, it has came down to this trend line. So I'll be ready to go for a put more so than actually a buy right now because it has peaked, but it did have a higher peak. They made a higher high. So you had, um, you'll see here, like, right? If I, what I mean when I say a higher high on these peaks, look at this, okay? Just so that we're on the same page. You'll see that when play here was a lower a lower low okay a lower high okay then if you see here it made a higher high going from there right so to me the the the, the peak the bumper they call this the bump and run right that's what they call it uh they call it the bump and run basically when it goes up then down then it runs off and then runs back again right so it bumped ran bumped ran okay so that's what that means when it's called a bump and run. But what I'm looking for is to see if it's going to bump again down here on this trend line first. And I think it will. I think you have a better chance of either investing now or waiting to see if it breaks below support at 178.41. If it breaks below support, I would take a put down to the trend line at 165 and then watch for a reverse off of that and see if it goes back up. That would be my, my level of uh, point of looking at when it comes to end phase. So give yourself time on this play if you are going to get into that play. Um, let's look at another one here. Okay. Um, hey, no problem with the uh, stock charts. I think it will come in handy. I want to say that it's something to actually pay attention to as you're going through with it. And we'll be doing a lot more seasonality stuff with that over in uh, the discord. We'll be talking about things of that nature as we start plotting out our future um, investment opportunities that we will be uh, taking advantage of. So I'm glad that you, uh, you like that. I'm, we're going to be using a lot more. Uh, you'll see, uh, then we're going to talk about Moderna next, okay? So let's look at Moderna, see what we have here, okay? Um, I already see that I'm already checking out Moderna. I keep it uh, charted, so let's see what we have here. We have a wedge that look like it's maybe forming here, and it even looked like we had a W pattern that was forming, but the midpoint got so high. Let's see where the 200 is at. It's below the 200, so we're not validating that, okay? So um, what you'll see here, is that Moderna is looking like it's ready for a bounce off this trend line um, right here. You see it's bounced off the trend, like it be might be ready for, to actually move up. Uh, for me, and when it's in this downtrend like this, I like to go over and check what's the overall trend, okay? And you see on the weekly it's down. We go to the monthly, it's currently down as well, right? And then on the quarterly, it's down. So for me, it's, it's giving all signals of still being in put city. Uh, right now, though, the problem is how much further lower can it go? The market has been watching this thing bounce off this trend line for a while. OK, so what do I mean by that? Like you look at what we actually have. We have uh, a low here, a low here, a low here, a low here and a low here. So one, two, three, four, five, five times they came back to this trend line and it held support. So for me, I think you're going to see a clear bounce. But the one thing is that what are your target goal is then, okay, if it's already bounced here, it already came back to this level off a gap that's already been filled. I would look for another move here. I would look for 279.27 as the level that I expect that it could go to. I wouldn't go any higher than that because trying to get to a level of 318, you may get burned, right? Now, the one thing about uh moderna is that it actually moves about twenty dollars or so a day so you could see a nice bounce to the upside and but really and truly taking a lower range play would be your best opportunity and give yourself time on this play because things can go afoul 
with anything dealing with the pandemic. Anytime that there's news about positivity about the pandemic, Moderna goes down. When there's news about the pandemic and it's a negative, right, Moderna goes up, right? So be ready and flexible on this play and give yourself time. That's how I would look at it, okay? So, okay, can we look at Apple 1231? And we're talking about a 180 call. Okay, I have a 180 call on Apple, but mine is for mm, February or January. I think it's January. But let's look at it right now. Uh, Apple. Let's see what we have here. Okay, so Apple, I had Apple on a flag pattern, okay? And technically, I'm going to come in on this and show you a little bit here, right? You will see here I have Apple on that flag pattern. That you see it broke out from, right? And we have a measured move that we took from this flagpole. And remember, I only want to see 50%. So 50% is about 181.75. But we also had another flag, it looked like it built on top of that, right? So right now it's extending out into this flag. And I want to see if Apple is ready to make that move to the upside again here, right? And if it does, that could be positive for us to have another area, right? So I'm going to have to, this is going to be crazy. Watch what I'm going to have to do here, right? I'm going to have to. Basically, draw another trend line right on the side of it. Let's see if I can do it. All right, so you'll see another trend line come here. Okay. And I'm going to do is take that and put it to the top here. And basically, that shows me that Apple could probably get to 184.18, right? Because that's off my 50% move, which is crazy. So, this is what I'm looking at. I think that we'll still see another move to the upside. Another move to the upside may be the breakout that we're looking for, and then we'll see how that measure move plays out when it comes to Apple. Tomorrow, though, with your expiration, it's going to be tight, right? So I would say if what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to use the flag pattern bottom as your support, right? So this level is at 178.21. If you see for some odd reason it breaks below this level, it's time to get out of the play, okay? And it may have broke down below that already. Like in the post market, it's down to 178.05. Okay. So to me, be careful, watch the play, understand your exit strategy, and then be ready to roll if it doesn't. It has not been getting the volume that it needs as well, right? It's getting only 59 million shares when it needs about 97 million on average over the 10 months, right? That we've been seeing. So pay attention to it. It could make a run though. But you got maybe if you want to give yourself an even, uh, longer support line i would use the flag going back that's 176 but then that's getting really really dicey with your contract with it not being in the money right now so i would be more uh careful about the 178 line i would use 178 as my my last level of support and if you don't see it in pre-market up and it's like down to 177 50 176 75 or something like that get ready to cut it at market open if you don't see a bounce to the upside that would be my play when i think about apple okay so that is on that. All right. So let's keep it moving. Um, hey, Tiffany, you're welcome. And then, Therese, you can join the Discord by using the first link down below. Let me just make sure it's down there, right? I don't want to tell you that it is and that it's not. Yeah, it's the very first link in the description down below. If you want to uh, join the Discord, you definitely use that first link down below, and we will get you in definitely for sure. Yeah. Hey, Tiffany, thank you for uh, letting me know. Let, let Therese know how to get in. No problem. Thank you. Uh, definitely it's under the community tab and I appreciate all y'all help here, man. I, I appreciate you minds, man. Y'all always keeping it, uh, 100 and keeping us going here. I appreciate y'all. Um, but I see no more tickers here, right? So since there's no more tickers, it's time 
for the look at SPY, like always, right? Before we get out of here. So let's look at the S&P 500. Let's look at SPY, the ETF for it, so we can see if we are still on track for that $500 cost. Today was a setback, which didn't really expect, honestly, but it's fine, in my opinion. Um, I don't think that it's our big big deal, right? And I'm going to show you why. I think that we are in a flag pattern right now. And this is it's kind of probably, you can probably see that, right? I hope you can see that. So I can see it on the screen right here. So that's why I was kind of hoping that y'all could see it, but I see that y'all can. So you see the flag pattern here, right? We got this flag pole come out. And then now we are seeing that we have basically the bottom in here. And then we had the very top here. And it's very much respecting this channel. Now, we want to see a breakout here. So basically, I want to move this breakout down until we see a breakout from this level. But remember, we're doing all of this under low volume. So to me, I don't know what to make of that just yet. But it's very bullish that this is on the daily that is flagging this way. And it may have went too far, too, right? So the reason why I say it may have went too far is sometimes these flag patterns, you want to see them only go about 50%. So it should have been about here, right? But it's down here, and it's but it's still respecting a channel. So we definitely don't know what to make of that just yet. But I'm going to say that it's still in this pattern for right now until I get uh, some other sentiment that shows me that it's not, okay? But typically, yeah, you only want to see it go about 50% before it's null and void. But I think it's actually holding this level quite well. So we'll see. Um, and if it is a flag, it's going to break. We should see a break to the upside. And when we get that break to the upside, it should start triggering alerts for us to actually be in the 480 region and beyond so we'll see where we're at with that um so not my original diagram about how, how i had this thing laid out with so many dotted lines and things of that nature sometimes you got to clear the chart and kind of just make your appearance and see what's actually got there so you can clean up what you actually have and really and truly i think we're in good shape with spy right now you see that momentum is coming down and you see prices going up that can always change here shortly so let's just pay attention to it see what we actually have and this may be almost time for one more average down, in my opinion. But I don't know if I'm ready to average down just yet. I want to give it time to show me that we're moving in that direction continuously as money started to move back into the market. So as money moves back in, I started to see how it plays out. I think that gives me an opportunity to believe that we got more room to grow. And I appreciate that. So um, I got one more ticker here. And we're going to do this one ticker. And then we're going to move on for the rest of the day to other things to get done today. Okay. So let's look at Palantir. Hi, boy, Mill. I, I see you in the building. All right. So let's look at Palantir. Um, basically, we was looking for to see if it was going to have a W breakout. It didn't happen. So that is gone, right? And this is why you update your chart often, early and often, okay? So we had that scallop play that actually broke down, and then it came down here. So this was the scallop here, right? And then it came down, which was a great play because that's what we saw. And that is confirmation that this Nike check works the way that we expect it to, Okay. So you'll see that it was a breakdown here because it's basically the same thing, and then it broke down. So that's a good move. All right, so let's look at this Palantir, though, on the monthly. All right, we're going to clear this chart completely now that we know that we got it. So we see it's still in the downtrend. Uh, no reason to go back through a quarter, but we'll check it. On the quarterly, it's going down, right? So on the weekly, what you're going to see is obviously a downtrend, right? So we'll take a downtrend from Palantir here okay you'll see that and then we basically got a level of support here right that's where our support is at it's been holding this level quite well if you take here you get a lot of touches on this lately right here on the weekly the last three weeks pull it out on the daily you'll see 
still consolidating. It's pressurizing right now, right? So this is a box that I'll be wanting to watch, right? This is a level where I'm like, okay, what is going on here? Could this be a breakout area that's getting ready to happen? So I will be watching this level. Okay, give it some room to see what it does. And you see again, it had that same level again earlier, right, in May. And when it had this level, it broke out to the upside, okay, for a nice move. So we're basically at that level again. And then basically at the, when it first came onto the market, we had that same type of move and it broke out. So right now it may not be ready just yet, but I want to see when it breaks out of this level, is it going to be ready? Because if it breaks out, you can get a bullish candle. You can at least play it to the uptrend, to the downtrend, right? Which is 24 bucks somewhere in this region. And the, the, the earlier it happened, the more room you have. The later it happened, the less room I have on this play, right? So that makes it very interesting to me because I think resistance will be about 20 bucks, right? 20 and a half is where you're at in this region. So to me, this is the region that I want to play Palantir at is to see if it breaks out to the upside for 20 bucks. And if it don't break out to the upside, I'm good. But if it does, Cool, we're going to 20. If it breaks beyond 20, then we got more room to grow, but we'll see how it plays out. So I wouldn't take the call if you're on the call side just yet, and I wouldn't really play it to the put side just yet either because it's been holding this level quite well. Now, if it breaks that level, it has nowhere to go but down, right? You can see it come all the way down to $9.82 before it catches anything. So for me, I think it's more room to the upside than going downward because it's been holding this level quite well. And Wall Street, has not seen it go don't want to see it go down to this level so once again if we're talking about buying shares or something here's a level of a company where you could buy it on discount back from what it was in may earlier this year and previously in november of 2020 so here you go again this is another on sale company to be paying attention to and where's the volume you'll see that the volume is almost the same right third getting about 29 million right and then it's about 30 million on average in the last 10 months so something to pay attention to okay all right that is the last one fam i see y'all in the building i'm glad to have y'all here um i will talk about this poll real quick and then like i said look out for one of my videos that's going to come out later on this evening that you want to check out so looking at the poll right we have results coming in you'll see them here in a second um where did it go all right here we go so on the investing front right what you will see is that basically we have what's your investing goal for 2022 25 to 50 percent 75 and above or 50 to 75 percent or 10 to 25 percent over 36 percent of you say y'all want to go somewhere between 25 percent and above over 72 percent of you all together say that y'all want to see that type of a level and I salute that. We're going to get there, right? We're going to start with a goal of 25% of what we want to see people get to over on our challenge that I'm going to provide with, right? So you will see a detailed video on that here shortly. And I want to get that started and the momentum built there. Now, if you're over in the Discord, we're going to be journaling our, our, our moves. We're going to be tracking our moves with a standardized spreadsheet that we made to kind of help each other stay accountable. And those things are what we're going to kick off 2022 with starting January 3rd. So if you want to be a part of that, definitely use that link down below, the first one down below. If you want to be a part of that, definitely we're going to be talking about it here throughout the months, over the a couple months that we're going to have here. And then we're going to start our option challenge and our investing challenges and all those things will be coming up here shortly. So I hope that y'all found value in what we talked about today. Got a lot of great information out, I believe, especially with the charts. And remember, tomorrow is the last day 
of the trading year. And I want y'all to be safe on y'all New Year's Eve evening as well, too. So definitely, if you have not yet seen the community tab, go over to the community tab. I have an Ask Me Anything video that I want to actually do for the beginning of the year. So definitely leave me uh, comments down there if you have questions that you want to ask that I can answer in this upcoming video as well. And I'll get that out to you guys shortly here. I appreciate y'all. I want y'all to stay safe. I'll catch y'all in the next video. Peace.